0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the
1: post-game edition Raiders. They win 17-16 on the road in Denver. Yes, some of you aren't happy even with this, but you should be. It's a win. Yes, there's things to fix. Yes, not everything went according to plan, I think but that's okay. The Raiders are 1-0. Enjoy it while you can, uh, while you can say your team is undefeated. Joining me as always here on this show is my good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. Make sure you also go subscribe to the Raiders fan radio YouTube page. You can also get their podcast wherever you get your audio uh, support them as well. Reminder, we are trying to raise money for the one nation foundation, which Murph will tell you yeah. towards the end of the show about the foundation. If you haven't heard about it, but you can go up on DC four L custom tees. You can order your midtown Mo So Mo shirt and also the Aiden O'Connell shirt. There's also lots up there as well. If you're into Raiders stuff, I think your shirts are up there too, aren't they? Murph, some of your show shirts? Uh, we're on, no, you're on T-Republic.
2: Yeah, we're, on, we're on T-Public, but yeah. T-Public, but yes. It's so kind of Dan and, and DC4L folks to uh, to partner up with you guys and, and, and to send for every shirt that you buy there, they send four bucks to the One Nation Foundation. And so we're incredibly thankful for that and incredibly thankful for the, the response. Like we've already gotten so many like, Twitter tags and all kind like people are buying those shirts like crazy. I see more Midtown Mo shirts than I do Raider gear on Twitter. For crying out loud,
1: it's really funny. Even even Michelle on your show taking pictures, uh, which was good. It looked it looked really great. Absolutely, we got we ordered hoodies, so we're just waiting on the hoodies to go. Yeah. The hoodies are good. It's getting to be that time of the season, by the way. Also, yes, you can you can catch out, catch uh, Murph shirts up there on T Public. That's where you can also get our show shirts, by the way, if you want or if you're looking for that. Also, if you do any super chat on YouTube on our channel, we're forwarding that to the One Nation Foundation at the end of the season. That's so cool. everything that comes through is going right to them as well. So if you guys feel obliged there, please know that it's going to the One Nation Foundation Again. Okay. Let's go jump back into some of the stats here, Murph, because you look at this again. We talked about Garoppolo. We talked about Jacobs, Jacoby Myers, and and hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's back for next week. We don't have a report yet on his condition. Clearly he was under the concussion protocol after the, what I still think, I I got people arguing with me on Twitter that it wasn't a dirty hit. I watched it over and over again, and I don't understand. You're leading with your head and your forearm. It's not, you don't tackle with your forearm. So, I, I, for any of you who have not played football, you don't tackle with your forearm. So, so BS. But Jacoby Myers, nine receptions in 81 yards, two touchdowns. He had 10 targets. So, on 10 targets, he had nine catches for 81 yards. Devontae Adams, six receptions, 66 yards. Josh Jacobs, two for 23. And Austin Hooper with the big one turnaround catch, one for 20 yards. Uh, Jacoby Myers, now you have an idea of why they went out and got him. He really clicked with Jimmy G. And you can see why a little bigger. Now, Hunter Renfro didn't have any targets tonight playing the same position. So you can read from that what you want. But Jacoby Myers brings something different to that position. Or if we saw it, I think we'll see it even more as this team starts to open up its offense more, involve the tight ends more often, and do some other things that will open it up a little bit. But Jacoby Myers, man, boy, did he make a difference tonight for the Raiders.
2: Yeah, he looked fantastic, and you know we saw that you know they had their best defender on Devontae uh, Patrick Sertan. You know that he was on Devontae most of the night or day, and then uh, and then also too they were bracketing him like crazy, so there yeah. wasn't a lot of wasn't a ton of opportunities for Devontae to work himself open. When he did, I was glad that uh, that Jimmy was able to to find him. But I think that you know when you have a situation like that where you've got you know arguably the best wide receiver in football, and defensively they have made a choice to. To you know, take him out of the game, right per se, uh, to have another guy that can step up and uh, and take advantage of those one on ones and and work open, like you know, even in the middle of the field, like yeah, I don't, I, you can't not be encouraged by that. With the Renfro thing was interesting to me, and I wonder, and 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 people that watch film and study tape and all that kind of stuff, which I am not, I'm a schmuck in my freaking bonus room for crying out (laughs) loud i'll leave it to the people that do that stuff so much better than than i ever could but i'm curious to find out if he wasn't featured or if he just wasn't getting open and that's going to be interesting to see because if he wasn't being featured then maybe some of this and i don't know it could have been game plan and that's the other thing too it's like it's hard to make up your mind about what direction the raiders are going in based on one game because if you know if you're doing if they're doing their job effectively they're game planning Completely different game to game. So maybe this was just a choice that like Hunter's skill set based on the defensive talent or whatever, like there just wasn't good matchups for him. Yep. Or, you know what I mean? So he just wasn't featured. Or if he just, if he, they were putting him in positions to win and he wasn't. So that's, a, I think there's a, there's a, there's something interesting to find out about that, to find out about Renfro. But anyway, but, but the point being though, more importantly than Renfro's lack of success was Myers accelerating and just doing fantastic in this offense and yeah and you can see like you know
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm not, I'm,
2: I'm not a huge fan of coaches that come in and go, okay, I got to get my guys. And if I don't have my guys, we can't do it my way. Like there's, right. a, there's, a, there's a big part of me that feels like, well, maybe you should kind of adjust to some of the talent that you have already around you. And let's see how good of a coach you are and see what you can scheme up with what you already got. That said, that's not what these guys are doing. So i got to be able to embrace what they are doing. And what they have said is that they're going to go out and get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo and get a guy like Jacoby Myers because that's what will work in their system. And sure enough, we saw it today. So so I'm with you. I think that was very encouraging. And, um, and now also, too, if we start to see defense's scheme to take Jacoby Myers out, all right, we'll take one-on-ones yeah. with Devontae yeah. all yeah. day yeah. long. Just throw it on up there and let him go get it, you know?
1: And and we didn't see a lot of tight end targets. We saw really just the one today. Uh, Michael Mayer's got a play. He had the big holding call, just a really, really bad call on him. Uh, A bad call because of a bad penalty that he committed, not a bad call on the referees. And so so I think the Raiders are going to have to play into that because they do have the, uh, I expect, the two tight end sets as well. So there's a lot of things that they didn't open up with uh, I think, in this game that they will get to when they feel more comfortable and have the confidence in their talent to do so. But clearly, Jacoby Meyer has done it. I'm looking in the chat. And besides, our good friend, Just Win Philippe, who tells me that the camera adds 10 pounds to my forehead, <laughs> 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 which I laugh at because, I mean, yeah, okay, if I have a big forehead. But big foreheads a sign of intelligence, Philippe, just so you know. <laughs> and my forehead only got bigger as my hairline goes back. So remember that.
2: True, yeah.
1: uh, and the 10 pounds is just me eating too much. It's not, I got one of those. Here. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, but anyway, it's great going on in the chat there. Great discussion going over there. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you guys being there. But, but the other thing I want to talk about Murph too, was the defensive side of the ball, because there was again, a lot of issues we saw there. A lot of the same things we saw last year, we didn't see a big. We saw a big push in the preseason up the middle. We didn't see it tonight. Jerry Tillery had a couple plays where I think he really did well. Got in there, had the one sack. Max Crosby had a sack. Max Crosby's just an animal, and he's doing what he does. And on the other side, we saw Malcolm Kuntz. A couple nice plays. Nothing to write home about, but he played okay. And then, of course, you had Tyree Wilson, who's playing himself into shape. Was slow off the ball mostly, but a couple times showed his speed. And so I think it's going to be a work in progress. The problem is, Murph, like they have till next week to get, they get things a little better. <laughs> the next step better. Because facing Josh Allen and that Bill's offense, it's going to be a tough task.
2: Yeah, that's going to be tough. And if we don't disrupt Josh Allen, you know, it's early in the year. So Josh Allen hasn't taken those big hits yet that we see yeah. him do you know what I mean? Cause he'll get out of the pocket and he'll get blasted, you know, running down a sideline or whatever. So we haven't seen, so we've got a fresh Josh Allen to contend with. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's It's going to be tough. And so, you know, getting disruptive in the middle of the field, which has been a thing that, you know, for the criticism that's been lobbied towards the Raiders in this off season, it's been their lack of addressing a few positions and obviously linebackers, one of them and uh, in the interior of the defensive line has been another one. And, um, you know, like you said, we saw Jerry Tillery do some things today. Um, but other than that, it was pretty quiet. If you don't have, you know, listen, Max Crosby, as you said, he's he's a completely different player than everybody else that's on the field That's oh, fan- not even close. You know, phenomenal luck that one series that he completely took over he gets the holding you know he gets the, the pressure he gets the sack he gets that like it was like three you know next thing you know it's like well a third and 34 or whatever the heck it was like i mean max crosby completely took over on that drive um but he can't do it alone you know and uh, right. D- divine diablo had some fantastic plays during that as well i believe he's the one that got the got the actual tackle uh, behind the line of scrimmage. And we saw Divine Diablo flash a little bit today. And he was, you know, we. I think Max, going into this, off, coming out of the offseason, one of the things I felt was that Max Crosby had the opportunity to become the defensive player of the year. And I think that he showed that today. Um, but I also felt that like for the Raiders, their most improved player, their most impactful you know, player that would jump is, was going to be Divine Diablo. I thought he was going to flash on the screen. And, and I think he did. And we saw Spillane make a couple of plays too, but if it wasn't for Diablo's efforts today, I mean, you know, the Raiders aren't in in a position to win the game that they are. And I'll give one more, um, uh, shout out as well. Uh, Jack Bennett, man, that, that kid. Like mm-hmm. I know he had, he gave up a, a couple of plays, and yeah. But look, first game as a rookie. But I, what I really liked about him was the physicality that he brings to corner. I, I think yeah. that we are we are looking at the future of the Raiders secondary when we look at Jacory and Bennett. Marcus Peters, on the other hand, little little rough today. Like yeah. there's, and I know he he had some some great plays, but th- they brought up a point even the announcers, and and I don't take this as like a hater kind of comment, like a lot of announcers are. Did Marcus Peters like? Does he lose enough of a step to where he's got a hold on some stuff? And like, like we again, we can't do that. We can do that against Kansas City. We're toast. You know yeah. what I mean? I was never yeah. going to get it going we can do that and, against and, Buffalo. Okay.
1: And to your point about Jaquarian Bennett, he he got beat on that big long one. But listen, that's a rookie game right there. There's there's yeah. no. And listen, the, the 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 Broncos receiving core was very depleted. This was not. I mean, Cortland Sutton's a good wide receiver, and that's who beat him. So so you understand it to a certain degree. But you're going to see that from a rookie. You don't expect him to go out in the first game. You got jitters. You got all that stuff. But I agree with you. He's a physical back, and I think he will, over time, become exactly what they think he will be. Marcus Peters, on the other hand, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think we have the one-game sample. You would expect more out of them. But at the same time, again, he didn't go to camp. He's a veteran. And so how many times do we see this? I think you saw it this week again. Defenses overall dominated the NFL this weekend. I mean, okay, the Charger uh, Dolphin game by the way, Murph, Tua to uh, Tiri kill for 4 yards inside the 2-minute warning and the Dolphins beat the Chargers. Um yeah. so so you have that one and um yeah, I had somebody in the in the comments talking about how the announcers were talking about the Chargers were going to go to a Super Bowl before that <laughs> before that loss. And 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 it's funny too cuz for those of you who've watched the show for a long time, you know I grew up a Charger fan. I gave them up in 2014 because I just cover the sport. I no longer have a favorite team. And I love when people roll in there with, oh, he's a Charger fan. But, I mean, the Chargers are so con- – he's the worst coach I've ever seen. If you think Josh McDaniels is bad, oh. uh, go watch Brandon Staley because he did it again today from reading the play-by-play here. I did not watch the game that much, but I'm watching the the play-by-play notes, and it's crazy. So we'll we'll, we'll transition to that because I saw a lot of – I think the same people who didn't like Josh McDaniels this year come out. Overall, I thought it was fine. I thought offensively, the Raiders did okay. The play calling at times, I was questioning. But then again, I don't know what's happening on the ground. So it's easy for me to criticize. It's easy for people to blame coaching. On the play that Jimmy G threw the interception in the back of the end zone, for example, Murph, I had people say, oh, but Josh McDaniels, a terrible play call. He didn't call that. He called the play. He put Devontae Adams for the first time in the game in the slot. So he wasn't against Patrick Sertan. And it worked flawlessly. It's just Jimmy couldn't get him the ball.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't I I've never understood the McDaniels hate. I, I don't get it. It's too short of a resume as a Las Vegas Raider to start making up your mind around this kind of stuff. And I and I again, while I can, you know, make made the same point earlier about like I'm not a huge fan of coaches that come in and say, well, it's gotta be this way, and I've got to get players and it takes time to build it, and blah blah blah. Like, we, we, I feel at times, we as, we as Raider fans, like, we've had enough with the whole patience game. Like, we've been patient for a long time. Like, let's, let's freaking turn this thing around. Um, but that said, like, I, I've never, I've not seen these major lapses in offensive play calling. I think that, um, and, Again, not to go back and, and and to talk about old stuff, but there was clearly a disconnect between him and Derek Carr. There just there just was there was a disconnect between him and Darren Waller. I mean, it's right. there's a reason those guys aren't on the football team anymore. And so when you don't when you have a disconnect between employer and employee, guess what? One of them is going to end up moving on. And when you you know you're the one carrying the bag and you're the one that has the you know the the, the the, the, you know, you're the shot caller, then you're going to freaking move on from those players. Yeah. And so, you know, th- there was a lack of success based on that. And now, again, I, I, this is not, save it the freaking tweets and the YouTube comments and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's not about like pointing a finger at a player and say, oh, that guy's fault and he sucks. It, it's not about that. It's about his, his willingness or lack thereof to embrace the system and the environment in which he's being presented. And that clearly yeah. was, for whatever reason, there was a disconnect there, so there was a lack of success. Well, so that's not Josh McDaniels' fault, and so you got to give him an opportunity to show what he can do with personnel that are in. And so when we look at today, I, like you mentioned, it was when Jimmy G started improving yeah. that's when things went downhill. Right. When when it was one two ball out. Everything seemed to go just fine to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, Jimmy, other than other than that bad pick on that improvised play, there were no passes that were like, I mean, there was that one close one over the middle. I want to feel I feel like that was the Austin Hooper catch where it was like, oh, Lord, it was like it was kind of late in the game. And it looked like that one could have been, you know, maybe maybe, you know, a little late and could have been picked. But outside of that, it and look, I mean, Jimmy G looked really comfortable. And Josh McDaniels' play calling looked pretty freaking good to me. So yes, again, I, sure. I I don't understand that level of criticism. And at the end of the day, I will say this: it's all about putting more numbers in the left column than it is in the right. Absolutely. If anything, Doesn't we were critical stat? of Derek. That's it. Like, we, what what was the thing we were most critical about Derek? Is that lack of winning? What was it? What's the criticism? The overriding criticism for Josh McDaniels? lack of winning as a head coach. Well, okay. So far in this season, which is the <laughs> only one that we got, he won the first game. They won. won the He's first won game. He's one and know. He's one
1: It, it count. But but it goes back to I was I I talked to Michael Lombardi this week about his new book for my rollover at sportsnot.com and um, the one thing that he talks about in this book and I do recommend the book, a lot of Al Davis in the book, a lot of uh, uh, AFL, AFC so if you like that stuff, if you like old school football, Love it's it. a great book. If Love even, it. especially if you're very young, Murph, you and I are close in age. So like we, we live through some of that, but for those of you who are younger and you're watching or listening, it's a great book on the history of football, but he talks about there about being in the right situation. You can be a great coach, a great player and be in the wrong situation and you just will not succeed. And I think that's where, Yes. Not exactly exciting for a Raider fan to say, okay, Jimmy G's our quarterback for at least two years, because you're thinking you want that transcendent quarterback. You know you need to probably win a Super Bowl, right? The Patrick Mahomes, those types of guys, the Joe Burrows, those types of guys you want. But in the meantime, as you get closer to that, you want someone who can capitalize on the situation who runs the system. And that's exactly what you just hit on Murph. And I know people, I see people in the chat agreeing. You might not be the Jimmy G fan overall, like, Oh my gosh, this guy, I'm so excited about this guy, but he gets it done and he wins. And even on the telecast, they said that they said, you know what? You can say what you want about Jimmy G. He doesn't stay healthy, all that stuff. And some of that's true, but the guy does win. And yes, he had a great cast in San Francisco. Don't get me wrong. I understand the credit there, but overall, this is the kind of thing you do, and I, 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 I caution fans because I know Raiders, like you said, Raiders fans, are patience is gone, okay? But I think this year you're going to see gritty wins like you saw now, and then you're going to see losses, and you can't get down too much with the losses because I think if they're executing well and they lose, that's one thing. If they execute poorly, and we saw what we saw tonight with the penalties, because I don't think you can have penalties like that against Buffalo or a better team, or when they come home to to, to face the, the Chargers, you cannot, you can't do that. So you have to be able to get over that, and that's the discipline that they carry away. But but I agree with you, Murph. The situation is a big deal, and this team's a work in progress, and so you have to look at it. Game by game, in that way,
2: absolutely. And I, you know, uh, being a guy that's you know, I've turned the calendar enough times to remember the Raiders of the '70s. If, if even if it wasn't for the actually like sitting there watching the game as a kid, it was all the stories that I heard from my dad and my uncles <laughs> and all the the amazing stories about the Raiders of the '70s and training camp at Santa Rosa and yada 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 all that stuff. And I and you know and, and I've been alive for all three of the of the Ra- of the Raiders Super Bowls. I can tell you this that like when you look at the stat sheet and you look at Kenny Stabler, when you look at Jim Plunkett, when you look at even Daryl LaMonica to a certain extent, great players aren't always great, but they're always great when they have to be, is the famous line, right? Mm -hmm. Jim Plunkett wasn't a guy that willed the Raiders to victory every time he took the field. And there's people out there that are clamoring for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Jim Plunkett, as the kids would say nowadays, he'd be considered mid- but what did he do when it counted most? When you look at Kenny Stabler, who, through the history of his career, threw more interceptions than touchdown passes and is still in the Hall of Fame, why? Because of the sea of hands, because of running in on hobbled legs and the immaculate deception to give the Raiders even an opportunity to win, to coming on and, and crushing the freaking Minnesota Vikings, as Bill King famously said. He's playing the, 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 you know, the Minnesota Vikings defense like a violin. Like when you look at like what what the Raiders best quarterbacks in history have done, they weren't blowing it up on the freaking in the regular season. And Jimmy G is way more Jim Plunkett and Kenny Stabler than he is, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes. Like, so I'm with you. And some things, and I know the game is much different. So save me that argument too, Raider Nation. Like, I know (laughs) that we're not playing the same game we were playing in the early 80s and the late 70s. I get it. But there are some things that still translate. Good defense, run the ball, take care of the football, don't turn it over, and do what you need to do at the time in which it counts most. Put the ball in the end zone when it counts most. Get that first down, that critical thir- uh, first down, Josh Jacobs, when it counts most. get the- Convert that third down. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, put the absolutely. ball in the end zone and the red zone. Those things, like, it doesn't matter what era of football you're considering. Those are the things that count. I'll give you another one. Create turnovers. We had yeah. a turnover tonight that was negated because of a stupid penalty because of, unfortunately, Marcus Peters. But, like, those are the things, and if the Raiders can do those things, we can beat anybody, and Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to get us to a champion, because he's not a bad quarterback. He's smart, and no. no. he's got some arm talent. Is he going to go out there and throw for freaking 400-some-odd yards and throw darts down the middle of the field? To Tyreek? No, that's not no. what he's going to do, but he doesn't have to. And so that's... You know, I don't know. I went on a tangent there, there was, but, I, but I will but say Murph, this.
1: You, you, you bring up a good point, though, It's it, and it's the other thing, too. Sometimes it's what you don't do, right? So so uh, to your point about Jim Plunkett, which I know some people are like, Jim Plunkett, Super Bowl. Well, yes, but remember, he got run out of New England because he was, he was highly touted out of college, didn't pan out. Al Davis did what Al Davis does is he found guys and turned them into great players. And so he did. So I, I think there's a comparison to be made there for certain. But also, Jimmy G, he does, from his history, he has periods of times where he does get into lulls where he might be a little lazy with the ball and he ends up in interceptions. But overall, if you look at what he did tonight, yes, he threw that ball in the the, the end zone. It was intercepted. But again, that and it was in the red zone, so it costs you points. So I'm not excusing it. But at the same time, overall, if you look at his decision making, it's pretty good. It's really good most of the time. And so that should be something I think Raider fans should be excited about. Okay, we're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, Murph and I can close. We're going to give out some game balls. We're going to talk about the One Nation Foundation. We'll look ahead to the week ahead in Raider Nation. Uh, You're listening to Silver and Black today with Murph and Scott. Don't go anywhere.